Praise the Lord together. Precious Almighty Father, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for that rest. We thank you for that peace. You are the Prince of Peace, Father, Lord. You are the King of Salem. You are the Jehovah Shalom, Father. The one who can give us the peace that goes beyond any human understanding. Father, you have given us the peace like the world can never give us. Father, we thank you for that rest in our soul, Father. That Sabbath in our inner being, Lord, we thank you for that, Lord. We praise you. We love you, God. Whatever the enemy can try to put to our mind or to our flesh, but he can never touch our soul. There is, Father, Lord, a place. There is a seed that can never be, O oh Lord, destroyed, that can never die, that can never vanish. Because it's part of you, Lord. We thank you for that, Lord. No matter the circumstances, the faith is the master of circumstances. Lord, we love you. We give you the glory and the honor. Thank you once again for this opportunity to be in your house, Father, to praise you and to glorify you. Lord, we give you the glory, Father. We give you all our beings, Father. We want to rededicate ourselves once again to you, Lord. May you come, Father. We, we can already realize and notice, and Father, that you already hear, Lord, amongst us, Father, because you dwell amongst the praises of your people. Thank you for your presence, Father. Thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Lord, we give you everything that we have. For the remainder of the time, Father, we rededicate ourselves to you, the speaker and the hearers, Lord. You know the needs among us, many needs that are among us, Father. But Lord, before the need comes, you are already the solution, Father. You already provided to that, Lord. Help us to stay in the channel of faith, believing that God is in control of every situation. Like we sang, Father, let that assurance, that faith control every situation, Father. Lord, we commit ourselves to you. Bless your people. Remember our pastor, Lord, and may you be with him as he's ministering, Father. Remember our dear brother Maxwell, Lord, has been ministering as well, Lord, in, in Washington. May you be with him, Father. Oh, God, may your presence continue to be with him and use him for glory, Lord. And, Father, may you give, give them safe return among us, Father. We love you and appreciate you. Thank you for the word this morning. Thank you for your presence, Father. In Jesus Christ, and we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, musicians. Thank you, John. God bless you richly. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ this evening. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, amen. To take uh, the word of God. Maybe this morning was the main meal. We're going to get a dessert this evening. So thank God for using our, our brother, Brother Andrew, and speaking to our heart. Um, I made a comment to him. It was like a mini convention. It was very good. It was deep and rich. And thank God for that. And if you have time to go just and digest again more and more on it. And it's worth listening to that. It was very, very deep. Very, very good. God bless his servant. Amen. I invite you to go to the word of God in Hebrews 7, 24.
Thank you for coming this evening. We made a sacrifice. You went through the snow and different things to come here. God bless you richly. We, without you, we'll be, we know the pain of speaking to the bench through the COVID. It was not, it was not, maybe we don't appreciate you as much as, but once we went through that time, oh, it was hard. It was hard. We usually say, you know, I think Brother Barnum said or something like paraphrasing, but if there is no one to listen to, I'll be still preaching. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, we need some amens. <laughs> Hebrews 7.24 The Bible says But this man because he continued ever continueth ever had an unchangeable priesthood he's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such an high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins, and then for the people. For this he did once, when he offered up himself, for the law maketh man high priest which hath infirmity, but the word of the oath which was since the law maketh the son who is consecrated forever. May God bless his word and have a seat. I'd like to share with you a, a thought this evening, a simple, I'll, I'll, I'll take it as a simple thought or maybe something that's just put in the myth of what. In the middle of what I was sharing last time about the high priest or the judge and the high priest, and just put this uh, thought in the middle there, if I can, by God's grace, and talk about the word of the oath. So verse 28, it says, For the law maketh man high priest which have infirmity, but the word of the oath which was since the law maketh the son who is consecrated forever. What is an oath? We all know what an oath is. The Bible says, or just read, not the Bible, the dictionary. <laughs> the dictionary says, an oath is a solemn attestation of, the, attestation of the truth of one's words or the sincerity of one's intention, specifically, specifically one accompanied by calling upon a deity as a witness, usually no one is not in the world, and when we are vowing or swearing, no, they just, oh, you know, I don't want to swear here, but, but you understand what I mean. You want to intervene in something higher, and you can say, God, God knows, or I am, and whatever. People say to try to say that. I can say it in French, but in English, maybe I don't know too much about swearing in English, but good for me. Verse, and a promise as to perform official duties faithfully, corroborated by an oath, compare, compare perjury. Nowadays, even when there is no notion of sanctity involved, certain promises said out loud in ceremonial or judicial purpose as referred as oaths. To swear is a verb used to describe the taking of an oath, 
to making a solemn vow. So we see that an oath is way stronger than just a vow. People in the world can break a vow without any issue. They can lie under a vow and they don't get punished. See how people can just lie easily and do anything because there is no punishment to that. Some people lie without even knowing that they are lying. They just have a tendency of exaggerating things. I think you have met some of the people I've met, or some people. I have a friend like that at school. He will tell a story every time that he's telling that story. That story is becoming bigger and bigger and bigger and have being dramatized and more and more and more, even though you were there. But you were not the first time you told that story. He just lied. He doesn't even know that he's lying. Just the way he is. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> just laughing myself. <laughs> My wife knows there's, a, there's an inner joke there. That's right. Oh, she's laughing there. She's contaminating me. <laughs> so... But if they lie under oath, it is said in Canada, according to Article 121 S3 of the Criminal Code of Canada, committing perjury can result in an inductible offense and a potential prison sentence of up to 14 years. So it becomes serious. When you have to say something under the oath, it becomes serious because you can go to prison for us, for that. For us Christians, we already know the gravity, the gravity of a vow. The Bible says in Numbers 30, verse 2, it says, If a man vow a vow unto the Lord and swear an oath to bind his soul with a bond, he shall not break his word, he shall do according to all that proceedeth out of his mouth. The prophet will go even further and says, You have to be honest. You have to be honest. It's strange that I'm saying that it's just an introduction, but the prophet says you have to be honest. He says, we tried to shun it, and he miraculously met him and helped him until about the, and then he's talking about the story I've just tried to save sometimes. Is when he had, he had made a promise that if there is no finding, if there is nothing that he can come to for his campaign, he's going to quit the missionary trip, he's going to go home, and he's going to stay in his church or home, and then when it happened, that case, you know, that, that just area, that, at that time, that period that the prophet took some time off, and Billy came to him and said, Dad, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that you are doing something wrong. And, this, and the prophet says, I'm just keeping my promise to God. So as I told him, I said, my promise that no matter what it is, if a man is not as good as his word, I don't want. You can't trust him because he's not no good. See, no one thing that a person might always be that's being honest. Tell things so that you can go back and tell it in a million times. It's the same. It will be the same thing. If you are saying the truth, it will be the same thing. You can repeat it over and over and over because it's the same. It's the truth. You cannot change it. If someone is lying, it has to remember how he said it last time so that they cannot catch him and he has to try a different version of things. But the truth stays the truth. If you say the truth, no matter if it's the truth, you can repeat it over and over because it is the truth. Amen. So you see, just be honest, no matter what, whether if it's bad or whether it is as good, be honest. And if it's against you, say it anyhow and keep, keep still, don't say it at all, or keep still or don't say it at all. See, so then, so then, so then I feel that the, that way that God will bless an honest heart and knowing the position that I stand in to defeat sickness and staff for people in prayer, 
to the Lord Jesus Christ according to his divine word and his calling that I must be honest in heart to do that. Because the devil knows whether you are or not. He said, I don't care how, lo- how loud you holler or how much you make up if he doesn't pay no attention to you. He, he won't pay no attention to you. That's right. But God will if you are honest. Amen. So you remember your promise, remember mine, I remember my promise. God said, remember your promise, the prophet, and I remember mine. The prophet one time, he, he promised God that I will not, that will not, I, I will not, I will, I will not, I will not, I will not hunt for the people anymore. For those, for those who can afford it, I will not hunt for them anymore. And then God had put him to a test. You know, the story, God had to put him to a, to a test and to a point where he brought to the three deers, and, and I think one male and one female, uh, one male and two females, and put them just at his presence. He could, he could shoot them, he could kill them, but he didn't do that. And, and he remembered God's promise, that promise that he made to God. So God, I remember your promise. And God even came down and confirmed to him, yeah, do you, I think you remember your promise. The prophet said, I remember my promise. Yes, you remember your promise. I will remember my promise to you too. So when you promise to God something, make sure that you, that, that you, that you fulfill that promise. That's what the message of the hour comes to tell us. So you respect your promise. If you, you give God a promise, I promise that I will do this. Then, oh God, give me a heart. Give me the willing. Give me the disposition to do the promise that I made to you. Amen. Now the case is the prophet will say, he says, I give up my vacation of rest to come here to pray for you because I love you. I promise these Spanish people I will come back. If a man is not as good as his word, is in no good. That's right. So you see the importance of how we, uh, the importance of respecting your own promise. I've seen how people in the Old Testament respected their vows to the Lord and to the man. I can recall the story of Joshua who promised to the Gibeonite. In Joshua 9 and 10, even though they had lied to him, but Joshua promised to them that we will not kill you, we will not defeat you, we will not hunt you, you will make, we have made a covenant with you, so we will stay in peace with you. Even though they had lied, realized that they had lied, but because he had already made the vow, he had already made that promise, already made, he had already, already sworn to them, he couldn't retract back. He respected that promise. We see that when they were attacked, Joshua went and also defended them. We know the story of the stopping, of stopping the sun, of the stopping the sun and the moon. It actually happened when Joshua had to fulfill his promise towards them, defending the Gibbonite. The people who lied to him, but because of the vow that he made to them, he had to respect it. So when God is saying that he has given, he has given a promise or he has a vow upon something, he himself has to take it so seriously. He knows the importance of keeping a promise. Amen. Are you following me so far? Amen. Every time that Israel will try to break his vow to the Gibeonite, there will be a curse on Israel. There will be there was a curse in the time of Saul when he neglected them. He tried to do, I think, I think it was the time of Saul. Then there was a curse in, in, in Israel, and David had to repair that. And depend, asking them what they would require of them. Then they asked the sons of Saul to be killed in order to make peace for that. So it's serious to respect the vow. Amen. 
I can see Jephthah respecting his vow to God to the point that Paul considered him as a man of faith. The Bible says he had to respect his, his vow. He respected his vow that he has given to God. Then the Bible didn't go into the details about that, but he said, the Bible says in Judge 11, it says, Jephthah, after he had promised to God that, he, that whoever will come out of his house is good one going to give to God. The Bible says in verse 99, it came to pass at the end of two months that the daughter returned to her father who did with her according to his vow which he had vowed and she knew no man, and it was a custom in Israel. Amen? So it's not normal to give a promise. It's not normal to give a promise to God just to please the congregation. It's not, a pro- it's not, it's not normal. It's not normal to give a promise to God just to please your wife, to please your husband, to please your family member. That's not right. Amen? <laughs> you have to respect a promise if you give a promise to God. Ecclesiastes. 5 to 5 4 says, Be not, be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. Verse 4 says, When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it. For he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than thou shouldest vow and not pay. Amen. And even us as a minister, sometimes it's important to be careful. Sometimes you can be pushing people and pushing people and that. So just to make them make a vow. And it's not that word. So the prophet was not like that. He will, he will want it from the heart. Let it be from the heart. God, I, I really can, I commit myself. I will do this. I, I want to do this. So it, let it come from your heart and mean business. The prophet used that expression. If you mean business, amen? If you mean business, raise your hand. If you mean business, tell God that, God, I, 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 I will commit myself. I will dedicate myself. If you mean business, then you do it. If you don't mean business, don't do it, Amen? We, we don't want to force you if you don't mean it, because once you do that, then you go in the cycle of going and do I did once, I can do it. No, mean really business with God, God will honor that. Amen. We see people neglecting marriage vows nowadays because they have belittled the importance of a vow. Amen. It's just a repetition of words that they have, they have heard or they have heard many times and they have recorded, they have repeated, and then they just say it without knowing that the vow is binding unto death. Amen. It's important to respect the vow because God considers that vow. The prophet says in spiritual amnesia, says, when a man marries a wife, he doesn't trust in her beauty. No, he trusts in the loyalty of her vow. Amen. He's actually believing in her vow, and she is believing in his vow. So his loyalty of her vow or word, he doesn't trust in her beauty. He trusts in her loyalty. Amen. That's the way when you marry to God, you don't trust in some big, beautiful church you can build, but in the promise that Jesus Christ made, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Amen. Actually, it's the vow that marries people. It's not the magistrate, it's not the pastor, it's not the minister, it's not the father, it's not the mother, it's not even God, it is your vow. Oh, wow, importance of a vow. As long as you take that vow, you are married, the prophet says, just like a boy, if a boy promises a girl to marry her under good faith, he is obligated to that girl. He's just as good as married her. The only thing the law does, it gives you a bill of right to live 
together to keep from being common law husband or wife. But when a man tells a woman, I will marry you, honey, I will take you for my wife, will you take? He is married. Your vow is sacred. That what marries you anyhow. There is no, there is not, no preacher can marry you, no magistrate, nothing else. It's your own vow to God and to this man. When you promise, you are married. Amen. So important to remind the young people, just don't say any word just for the sake of saying words. Words are important. Amen. So keep your words for the one you mean business with. Amen. If the word of man is so important, how much more is the word of God? The prophet says in the church of the living God, God is worth, God is worth no more than his word. If his word is not good, then he is no good. If your word, if I can't put no confidence in what you say, you are no good. But if you are just as good as your word is, God is just as good as his word is. I, as a Christian believer, I believe that this Bible is inspired and it is written by the Holy Spirit and it is the infallible word of God. God is under obligation to his word, to the believer who will accept his word. God is under obligation to his word, to the believer who will accept his word. The problem is for the believer to accept God's word. If we accept God's word, God is obligated to his own word. Amen. And any word is a seed, the prophet continues. If you accept it in your heart by faith and believe it and confess it, God will bring it to pass. Amen. God, may you give us more revelation about your word and accepting your word. Amen. For heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. Amen. Now my comment here, there is nothing that can stand in the presence of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Demon will tremble at the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. However, God has put something above that name to the point that he given, placed his word above his name. In Psalm 138, verse 2 says, I will worship towards thy holy, name, thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. So stay in the word of God and then use his name. You will see greater results. Amen. That's why Jesus Christ has said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, amen, then you shall ask anything you will and it shall be done unto you. The importance of the word of God, if you accept the word of God, if you believe the word of God, if the word of God abides in you, then you will be able to speak the word of God and it should be given to you according to the word of God. Amen. God knows what a human being is made of. That's why the Bible says in Psalm 103, says, For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth what we are dust. As for man, his days are as a grass, as a flower of the field, for he flourisheth, for the wind passeth over and it is gone, and the place therefore shall know it no more. You know, as I was getting old, <laughs> start thinking a little bit many times, I was just young, like yesterday. It's just like yesterday. What is really life? I've become a big philosopher this day. <laughs> I think it's age. 
and all that I put on my wife. Said, Why is life? I just yesterday I was running. What's going on? It's like some areas where I just disappear. Some, oh, I don't want to go there, but oh, yeah. Life is just sometimes useless. Like just yesterday. So that's what the Bible says. You know what? You may, God made a covenant with Adam, He gave him a covenant in the perfect Eden, Genesis 2 16, 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden that I must freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that shall not eat, for in the day that I eateth thereof that shall surely die. Remember, God made a covenant with Adam. It was in the perfect Eden. Adam, there was no sin before that. God gave them just one condition. I give you, Adam, one condition. Just one simple condition. You can have any other tree. You can eat from the other tree. But just that tree there of knowledge of good and, and evil, don't touch it. Don't eat. That's the only condition I give to you. But other things you can do. A man being, Adam being in the flesh, being in the flesh, that in the dust where it came, where the dust went, from the dust where it was made from, he couldn't handle Adam and Eve. I'm talking about Adam, Adam and Eve, include even that. Eve could not, could, could, not, could, could not avoid touching that tree. No matter how it was in the perfect Eden, now no matter how there was no sin before, she had to touch that tree. She had to sin. She had to fall. Have you seen that with the children? You can give them over liberty in the house to do anything. The moment you say, don't touch that. <laughs> it's like saying, can you go and touch that? That's the human nature. I took it from Adam and Eve. That's the way we are. As long as there is any condition somewhere, you will fall into that condition. And that's the nature of that what happened. And Adam and Eve, they fell because there was a condition there. Amen. God gave gave a covenant to Noah, he gave another covenant to Noah in Genesis 9, 11, 15. I will establish my covenant with you, neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood, neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. I like the way he's even telling to Noah here, I will establish my covenant with you. It's God speaking here. Said, God says, this is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my, my bow in the cloud and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. God himself put that covenant, say, I will put a rainbow in the, in the, sea, in the sky Every time that there is a flood, every time there is rain, every time that there is too much rain, I will make sure that there is no flood anymore like it was in the time of Noah because I'm making a covenant between you and me that I will not destroy the earth the same way that I've destroyed in your time with the flood. So every time that you see a rainbow, it's God remembering his own covenant. It's God remembering his own relationship, his own contract that he made with Noah. Every time that God makes, every time that there is a judgment of the flood about to happen, God looks at the rainbow, oh, I remember my covenant. I thank God when God is him remembering his own covenant. Because as a human being, we will always fall. As a human being, when there is a condition, we will fall. Amen. He says, and it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth, that the bow shall be seen in the cloud, 
and I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you, and every living creature of all flesh, and the water shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. Amen. I thank God that in Revelation 10, God is coming with a rainbow. <laughs> I'm coming with a rainbow because I know your weaknesses. I know your struggle. I know the different things. But I'm coming with a covenant of repentance. I'm coming with a covenant of forgiveness. I'm coming with a covenant to tell you that this one, it's not you doing the work. It's me doing the work. In Genesis 12, 1, 3, now the Lord said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, and unto a land that I shall show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee, and make thy name great. And I shall be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Notice here, it's not about Abraham doing anything. It's about God doing everything. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. I will bless you. I will bless you. I will bless you, not only you, but I will also bless your seed. Amen. We are the seed of Abraham. So if Abraham was blessed, we are also blessed. Noah broke his covenant, the prophet says, in the uncertain sound, 62. Noah broke his covenant. Noah's covenant was broken. Adam's covenant was broken. Anything that God made with man, God was determined and will save man because he foreknew man. He was determined to save him, so he saved man by an unconditional covenant. Amen. No uncertainty about it. He said, I will. It's holy by grace and uncondition, unconditional, which makes it by grace. Abraham was just a simple man as you and I. Even though he was the father of faith, but he was just a simple man as you and I. He had mistakes. He stumbled. He went around and God brought him back. It was actually God doing all the work for Abraham. God defended Abraham when he was in the lowest state because God had made a covenant to Abraham. God had made an unconditional covenant with Abraham no matter what would happen. He paid for the mistakes. You and I, we pay for our mistakes, but it does not break God's covenant towards us because it is a covenant made under oath. It's a covenant made under a vow, a stronger vow, that God, even God, cannot break that vow. Talking about the born-again Christians. Amen. Abraham, when he heard that covenant, he was so glad and happy even being an old man, and God told him he was going to have a baby by Sarah. Years passed and didn't have the baby, but he kept saying, we are going to have it anyhow. How do you know? God said so. Nothing uncertain about that. We are going to have it anyhow. God said so. That settles it. If God says so, there is nothing uncertain about it. 
I like that expression, that settles it. Prophet uses it many times, many places, that settles it. It should be our expression, it should be, it should be our way of living. It's God's words, that settles it. I don't have to think, I don't have to question, I don't have to figure out how it will happen, how is my healing going to happen, how is the restoration of my children going to happen. I don't have to figure out all these things. The only thing I have to know, God said it, I believe it, and that settles the questions. That's what was the characteristics of Abraham believing God. In the unconditional covenant, you don't have to figure out. You don't have to do anything. You just have to believe God. Believe his word because God cannot deny his own word. Amen. His word is the absolute. The word, the word of God is the final reference. Oh God, may you help us to not look at the symptoms, not look at the candles, not look at what our mind is telling us, but to look at the word of God as the final word of all that can never be, de never be defeated. Amen. Amen. Prophet says in the unconditional covenant that God made with his people, he says, but you've got the Holy Ghost, you are God's child, you are Abraham's seed. You got an unconditional covenant written in your heart by God Almighty himself. Who can take it up back? Amen. He saw that he wouldn't do it. Hallelujah. Every promise in the Bible is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line, I'm trusting in his love divine. Every promise in the book is mine. God's children unconditionally, you don't deserve your healing tonight. There is none, a one of us in here deserves to even hear the gospel. There is not a one of you deserve the grace of Jesus Christ. None of us. We are all together, we are all all together, but God by grace has did it anyhow. That's right. There is none of you deserve your healing. Every one of you ought to die. Me too. All of us. We are not deserving to live on the earth. That's right. We are not deserving to look at God's creation. But God has promised us and he cannot lie. He saw that he, that he will do it. Healing belongs to us. Amen. Salvation belongs to us. The Holy Ghost belongs to us. Heaven belongs to us. Now we are the sons of God. Now we are setting in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. There is nothing can harm us. Hallelujah. No matter the errors of Abraham, God could not take back the word of the earth to Abraham. It was completely grace even though Abraham had to pay for his mistakes and bad choices. He told Abraham, I gave him the covenant unconditionally, not because Abraham was Abraham. We went through that prophecy. We went through that a few weeks ago. We know he gave Abraham the covenant because God himself chose Abraham and elected him before the foundation of the world. Can you see yourself in the scripture there? He chose you before the foundation of the world. It says, Abraham, before he ever was born on the earth, God knows all about him, know that he will do what he will do. But by grace, he chose Abraham, not only Abraham, but Abraham's seed after him. <clears throat> That's why I think it's important how the prophet will repeat, repeat Abraham. It was one of his favorite characters that will go back to it and over and over for his ministry, you know, for his ministry. But also, I believe, for, for, for us, because we have to see ourselves in Abraham. 
The devil is trying sometimes to put our eyes and say, you know, you know, did this, did this, oh, did this happen, this happened. Yes, by God's grace, I'm trying my best. By God's grace, I promise, Abraham promised God for sure. I'm sure he promised God and I'll say, I'm follow you all the steps of the way. I will do all the steps there. But he still made mistakes. When you make a mistake, even though you have pledged and you made mistakes, don't give up. God, I'm coming by. I made a mistake. I made it off. I'm coming back. Help me to continue in this walk with you. You know the desire of my heart is to please you. You know the desire of my heart is to walk with you. Coming back. God will bring you back. If you still have that tag in your heart that is as desiring to come back, may you continue to thank God because many people don't have that tag in their heart. If God has put that tag in your heart, it means you are something that God is still talking to you. There is still something God can touch and you respond to that. Keep continuing in that. God, I want more of that. I want more of that. Amen. says, how firm a foundation have we got when the prince of all princes, when the God of all gods, when the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the beginning of all beginnings, himself took an oath by himself for where there is none greater, for he will confirm this covenant with Abraham and with his seed. Now, if you are a seed of Abraham, it shows by the characteristics. The seed of Abraham is called by grace. The seed of Abraham does not dispute the word of God. The seed of Abraham calls the impossible possible. The seed of Abraham is receiving the sign of the circumcision of the heart today. Amen. The Bible tells us we should not swear. James 5, 12. But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, Neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea, and your nay nay, lest you fall into condemnation. Jesus Christ says in Matthew 5, Again we have heard that it hath been said that for them of old time, thou shalt not forswear by thyself, thou shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great city, neither shalt thou swear by the head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black, but let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than this comes of evil. We are not allowed to swear, but God can swear. God is allowed to swear with an oath. He's the only one who can swear with an oath. Hebrews 6, 12, 20 says, That he be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he, sw he swore by himself. Saying, surely blessing will I bless thee, multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. After, after Abraham had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, but enough for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. When you have enough, you should not actually 
terminate any strife, any division, any doubt, because there is a north there. You see, north is greater than any other promise, because under oath there is a punishment in human being. Under oath that means there is no changing the version of what you have said. If you say something under oath, it stays the same. You cannot change it. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show under the hairs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Why does God put an oath after giving a promise so that we might have a strong consolation? So that we might know that this is not only just a permissive will of God. When there is an oath, it becomes the perfect will of God. God cannot change. God cannot repent about it. God cannot I have a second opinion about it. When he puts an oath, it is the absolute truth. You can never change about it. That stays the same. Amen. We talked about last time when we talked about Moses coming back to God and said, God, you cannot kill those people. We took them from Egypt. Now you took them from Egypt. You cannot, you cannot kill them middle way because you saw to Abraham, you swear to Abraham that you shall deliver them from that land of captivity and bring them into the land where flow milk and honey so you cannot change your mind. And God himself realized, actually, this is the word of God promise. It was not a permissive will. It was not a second thought that could change. It was the absolute that I gave to Abraham under oath. I cannot change my word. Amen. The word that we have received, the message of the hour, does not change depending on the circumstances, does not change depending on the law of the government. It stays the same yesterday, today, and forever. It will never devaluate. It will never change its value. The same way that was spoken in 63 with the mighty angel coming with an oath, with a swearing that this is the truth, it will stay the same. Amen. You cannot change it. There will be a bride. She will be an invisible army. It will, there will be a bride. No matter the circumstances of the devil, there will be a bride. So we should have a strong consolation knowing that this is the truth and the absolute truth that will never change. Amen. It's the word of oath. It's the word of the oath. It's the word of God that we have received. We have received the high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. It can never change. He gave the order. He gave the promise to the, to the descendants of Aaron. You shall have the descendants of Aaron. You shall anoint them. They will be the priests forever. The, the, everlasting, the everlasting covenant with them. But it was only a type. But this priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, I'm giving him with an awful promise upon it. It means his priesthood can never be changed. He's going to stay the high priest forever for those who are confessing his word. He's the high priest of our confession. He can never change. If he healed yesterday, he will heal today. If he saved yesterday, he will save today. Because he has given the word of the earth. That can never be changed. <laughs> Glory to God. It's verse 19. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, 
like we sang earlier. What assurance, the hope, all is well with my soul. It's an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entered into that, with, that within the veil, behind the veil. When you have that assurance, when you have that anchor of the soul, the sheep might be battered, you might go to trials, you might go to different things, and in the flesh and the mind we think of different things, but deep in the soul there is that anchor that holds that hanker that keeps you firm, that hanker that keeps coming back to the word of God. No matter what I'm going through, God, I know, I know that I know that I know, I know that you are in control of this situation. Don't let the devil disarm you from the word of God because that's your strength. This mind might, might, might fail. The body might fail. But the deep inside of the soul will never fail. That's what we need to entertain. That's what we need to make sure that he's still standing there steady, amen. Like we see the sea, the prophet will say, I saw that, 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 that sheep, I thought that you it's, it's, uh, it's going to be drawn, <laughs> lack of a better expression. But as, as the anchor was there, it was just holding. It was just shaken on every side, but it was still holding. It was still holding. Oh, God, let the anchor of the, of, of the revelation of the word of God that keeps holding me all the time. Amen. By the way, did you hold your religion? No, I didn't hold my religion. My religion, the true religion, held me during the time of trials. Amen. For those who are sick and afflicted, God is still the healer. Amen. I was just checking that, the, the, the situation of just looking through the word of God to the you know, I went through this last two weeks. I went through some examination there, and then, and then, you know, when the doctor calls you, you you need to come back. You need to come back. I've I've got the result. I was like, oh oh, what is going to say that one? Let me look into the word of God again. What the prophet says. What the doctor says. Many quotes of the prophet. No matter what the doctor says. Oh, I have a very good, very good um, store of quotes as I'm going there. Let me wait what he's going to say. No matter what the doctor says, don't believe what the doctor says if it's against the word of God. Good people, we trust them, we want them, but if it is against the word of God, I'm not going to accept it. Say, God, you have wholly healed me. God, you are the healer. It says... Believest thou this is hallelujah. Mary take his word and start rejoicing. Says Mary, Mary, <laughs> where is Mary again? She started right then praising God for it, for she had his promise. Brother, sister, give us some more Marys here in Minneapolis who will take God as his word. Not wait till you feel something or something happens. Take his word and start rejoicing about it. Hallelujah. God said he is the healer. I believe it. He said he created me. I believe it. Take his word and start rejoicing about it. Hallelujah. That's the kind of people we need. She went right around telling everybody she was going to have the baby. And wasn't no sign or nothing at all. She didn't have to have any sign. Only thing she had to have was God's word. That's all we have to have. God said that settles it with me. What about you? Believe it. 
Take him at his word and say, it's so and just go ahead. That's all we have to have is his word bound to bring it forth. You believe it, brother. Stay with it. Hallelujah. That's right. Stay with it. It will bring the result every time. The prophet says, I've never seen it fail. When a true heart came before God and meant business and took God as his word and start testifying of it and looking to the unseen, then God's promises always produce what is asked for. Amen. Amen. That's what we need. Amen. Amen. Abraham believed God. A man is as good as his word. you just as good as your word once again. I'm just as good as my word. If I can't take your word, I want no dealings with you. I want you to be the same to me, and we must be the same to God. If he can't keep his word, then I want to know who God is. Who is God? Then keep his word. He says, have faith in God. Faith, why? It's the most common thing there is. You can't even get a drink of water without faith. Sometimes we demystify faith or mystify faith and make it like, you know, you have this complaint, you have this revelation. Prophet says, faith is the most common thing. (laughs) Have faith in God, 58. He says, you couldn't come to this meeting without faith, without faith. You cannot move your finger without faith. It's said in scripture that when you put the blood in the lintel of the door for the Passover in Egypt, it was put on the hyssop. Do you know what hyssop is? Hyssop is common weed. You can just find it anywhere. And that's the way the blood is to be applied to the heart's door tonight. It's by something common, faith. We try to press it out and make it something that no one can take a hold of it. It's so simple that you got over the top of it trying to find it. Do I have faith really to believe this? No. You don't, hear. You don't need to try to figure out if you have faith. The question is, God said this. Do I believe what God said? If you believe what God says, you have faith. God says, I'm the healer. Do you believe that God is the healer? Amen, I do believe. You don't have, do I have faith to believe that God is the healer that can heal? Don't try to make it an algebra thing. It's just simple. God's word, I believe it. I have faith. The devil will try and say, you don't have faith. You don't have faith for this. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to figure out. I believe God's word and I just move on. I have faith. Do you have the faith to have the Holy Ghost? I don't have to have super, super, not super, duper, duper faith to have the Holy Ghost. I believe God's word. I've repented. I've been baptized in the water. I believe God's word. God will fill me with the Holy Ghost. I keep moving on. I make mistakes. I stumble, but I stand up. I keep moving on. Because that the word of God, it can never be changed. It will produce the result all the time. I just believe God's word the same way that I drink. How do I say I drink? What tells me that if I drink, it's going to change? You don't know. You just believe it because it has been told to you and you have experienced it. You keep moving on. The prophet says he saw by himself. Listen, I'm going to say something. Faith is unconscious. You believe it. I've learned that in the years of travel around the world, meeting the peoples of all different walks. But faith is unconscious. 
You got faith and don't even know it. That's right. Jesus Christ, no matter if he was in a storm and the gale is knocking the boat from one side to the other, he was standing in the face, a mass of demons, and he was hanging anyhow. It never moved him. He walked right on, just as calm, as quiet as he could be. Why? He was simply unconscious of fear or anything around him. So what hinders faith is to try to be conscious, too much conscious of things happening. Some of the things you just ignore it. Says, I, I, I just move on. I just move on. <laughs> is it okay this evening? It's simple, but it has a point somewhere. Says, that's right. Whatever it was going to happen, whatever it wasn't going to happen, he knew it was going to happen because God said so. He didn't say, oh, if I prayed through, wonder if I fasted long enough, wonder if I did this. He just walked right on unconscious. That's right. He believed what God said was true. The words must be fulfilled, and he knew what his life was to fulfill them. That's right. Jesus had confidence in what God has made him and what the scripture spoke about him. The prophet will ask the question, can't you have confidence in what God has made you as a believer? Amen. Sometimes we think that we have believed on our own effort. We do not believe on our own effort. God made us believers. God put inside of us something that can respond to the word of God. We did not make ourselves believers. God made us believers. If God made you believers, can't you have confidence in the word of God that God made you a believer? Amen. If you can have confidence that you are a believer, actually the believer is not the flesh, it's not the mind. The believer is the faith of God that God put inside of you that can believe the word of God. You are saying, I believe it. You express with your mouth, but actually deep inside of the soul, there is a seed of God that is saying, that's the word of God. That's me there. That's me there. That's me there. That's me there. And you just respond, oh, something said that's me there. Oh, I say amen. <laughs> do you understand everything that is being preached? No. But do you believe everything? Yes. Because I'm a believer. Amen. He saw by himself, the prophet says, you are here to fulfill it too. Just walk unconscious of fear. Walk unconscious of criticism. Walk unconscious unto the world. Walk as you walk in Christ. Walk with him. Not paying any attention, the right or left hand, just keep moving on. If something comes up in the church, walk with God. Hallelujah. If sickness strikes you, walk with God. If the neighbor don't like you, walk with God. Just keep on walking with God. Enoch one day walked like that. You know what he done? He walked all the way home with, with God. God so far the road, he didn't want to come back anymore. Amen. Walk with God. Now, the doctor says you are going to die. Walk with God. Hey, the doctor says you can't well walk with God. Just walk with God, that's all. For God has promised you, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. 
I will be with you to the end of the world. And he took an oath by that covenant that he gives you that he will confirm it. So just walk with God then. That's what we need. I'm just walking with God. Do I understand everything? No. He gave a word of the oath. I'm just walking with him. Because he will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He never left Abraham. He never forsook Abraham. He came to Isaac confirming the same covenant that he made with Abraham. I gave this covenant to Abraham. Now I'm coming to Isaac. I'm giving you the same confirmation. I will be with you. Stay in the land. I will be with you. So what do we have to do? Just stay in the land. He came to Jacob confirming the same covenant. I'm coming to you confirming the same covenant. Just stay in the land. Amen. He came to Joseph. Even Joseph, even though he was out of the land because of the jealousy of his, his brother, he went according to the promise. He went there. But even there, God confirming to him, he gave him a revelation. Your bones must not stay in this land of Egypt. Make sure that when you are leaving this land, you bring my bones with you. Because you have to bury me in the land of the resurrection. What has to be for the bride? I want to stay in the land of the promise of God. The land of the resurrection. Amen. The message is the land of the resurrection. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Unbelief only stops the unbelievers. It doesn't stop God. <laughs> it doesn't stop the word of God. Remember the experience of Elisha with Elisha at the time of a famine. There was the one, Elisha promised that tomorrow there will be plenty of food. And he gave the measure and what would happen, how much it's going to cost. And there was a guardian there, the captain says, no way, no way, it's not going to happen. And Elisha said, yeah, you just, prof you just, you just confess your own doom. I hope it's an English word. I know, I said, do me, doom something. So you just profess your own doom. So you, you are, <laughs> tomorrow morning and whatever happened, the four lep lepros or two lepros, I don't recall the story properly. They went there and then they came and then they, they took all, all, all the things that took, that they, all the wars and they took back. And the prophecy was fulfilled. And that captain was killed according to the promise of God because he denied the word of God. He denied the prophecy of God. That prophecy was not for him because he was not, the unbelief, he was not a believer. The prophecy is for the believers. Oh, I don't want to believe in divine healing. That's not for you. Divine healing is for the believers. I don't believe that in this time of Laodicea, people can live a holy life. Oh, that's not for you, but that's for the bride. The bride will fulfill the word of God because the word of God can never be defeated. It is the word of the earth. God can never change it. It will come to pass. Amen. Unbelief only stops the unbelievers, not the believers. The story of the 12 spies who went to check the land, they went to check the land. It was already given under oath. God has given that promise to, uh, to Abraham, and it's going to be fulfilled. Now you have to go and possess the land. The ten of them said, no, there was find too many giants there. We find it's true, it's a land where, where, where the milk and honey flows, but too many giants. Remember the giants always come. They were not giants in Egypt. <laughs> One brother said that, believe. There was no giant in Egypt. The giant are scarce crows. They only wear the promise is. 
you know, the promise is all, where you see the scarecrows, that's where you need to go and fight for it. You need to fight for every inch where just you see a giant. If you see a giant, if you see difficulties, if you see problems, sometimes it's a good sign that's where God wants you to go. Because there is a victory for you there. Joshua and Caleb said, we don't want to look at all the symptoms. We don't want to look at all the problems. We don't know how it's going to happen, but because God gave the promise, that promise belongs to us. We are more than overcomers to conquer that land. And God saw, God saw that and says, oh, I see the spirit in Caleb. It's different from the spirit of memories and complainers. They believe my word as the absolute, as the final word. And God gave them the land. Just take God's word. Amen. Prophet says in show us the father. Joshua said, yes, we can. God said so. That's your promise. I believe it. Peter said, the promise is unto you, your children, and to them that far off. Of even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I believe the baptism of the Holy Ghost, all the fullness of God is raining down on the church today. It's for whosoever will. God promised it in his word. It's ours. Let's take it. Let's go over and possess the ground. God didn't go over there and kill all the Philistines and Amorites and so forth and sweep it out. He said, now, come on in, folks. God isn't God's way. That's in God's way of doing it. He gives you the promise and say, go get it. Amen. Divine healing is yours tonight. Go get it. God promises you, you could walk, you could walk, you could walk, you could walk, you could see, whatever it is, God promises to you, let's go get it. God said so. Also, being reminded of the story of the grizzly bear with Brother Bad, just realized, oh, sometimes we are like that. He was not an unbeliever. He believed the prophet. He have seen the prophet say it many times. He have seen the prophet confirmed actually in healing in his family. That the prophet says, you know, I see your brother. I think his brother he was sick and he had the cancer. But that saved the Lord. He'll be healed. He saw that happening. But when it was the story where he himself was involved, it's like, whoa, are you sure that... <laughs> Are you sure that really you'll find the grizzly? Are you this grizzly? Yes, the vision says that I'll find it. But there have never been a grizzly barrier. I don't, I don't see how I can get out of this odd situation. I don't see. I read the tapes. I listen. I read the Bible. But myself living it, I don't see how it could have. How it post. Are you really sure, Brother Banam? Oh, Little faith. But by the way, are you, are you disbelieving? No, brother, but I'm believing. I'm believing. Many times we are like that. <laughs> I heard an uh, amen, amen, amen. But when you go through the situation yourself, you have to meet the grizzly bear. Whoa. Now, when he saw him, are you sure you really killed him? Are you sure? <laughs> I killed him. I touched his heart. No, you have to go to the back, brother, brother. No, I touch. I'm doing according to the vision. I don't know how he's going to die, from, but according to vision, that's how it is. That's the footprint. I'm just following the footprint. That's where God is bringing us back to. 
take the word of God as the oath, the word of the oath. Just follow the footprints. Don't follow how you're going to figure out things are going to. The word of God says that how to do it. I just follow it. I pray for my children. I pray for my husband. I pray for my, 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 my wife. I, I, I pray for my own life. I pray for the situation. I pray for the, how this is going to I don't know. I just walk with God. And then when Brother Barnum killed him, so I'm glad that you killed him. I didn't want him on my laps. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> so many things we can go through, but musicians can come. I don't want to be too lengthy. But I just want to. When there is an oath, you cannot change it. It's not a permissive will of God. It's the perfect will of God. God himself gave a promise. It's Matthew 16. Brother Andrew mentioned this morning. 16. It says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon by Jonah, for flesh and blood is not revealed unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto you, the heart Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's God who will build his church upon the rock. You are not building yourself. It's God who gave himself the promises. I will build my church upon, upon this rock, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It means there will be fight coming from the hell. There will be the demons fighting against you. But I will build my church. I will build you upon that rock. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the revelation of who I am that I've given to you. Nothing can prevail against it. Whether there is chaos, whether it happens, whether you're going to try to make the sick, nothing shall prevail against the revelation that God has given to you about himself. So, Brother Moses, what shall I do after you have given all this? What shall we do? I'll give you, I'll close this word. What Moses gave them to before they cross into the into the land. Deuteronomy 29, 9-13. Moses spoke to them before just they cross into the land, says, Keep therefore the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. That was the first covenant. The Bible promised us that we have come, Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. There is a new covenant of grace. There is a new covenant, unconditional covenant. There is a new covenant where the law is not only on the table of the books anymore, but that law has to be written in the heart. That's what we want. I didn't go into that part, but that's the covenant God wants. So that's what we have to work on. Now keep therefore the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. Ye stand this day of all of you before the Lord your God, your captains and your, your tribes, your elders and your officers, with all of them of Israel, your little ones, your wives, and the stranger that is in the camp, from the hue of the hood to the draw of the water. 
that thou shouldest enter into covenant with the Lord thy God and into his oath which the Lord God had made with thee this day. So what is the man giving you the answer the, the, as an advice? Stay into that oath. Stay into that covenant. Stay in the word of God. Stay and walk with God. Whether you see or don't see the result, keep walking with God. Amen. I like that, that, that song, Waymaker. Even though you don't see it, you don't, you don't feel it, it's still working. Even though you don't see the result, God is still working. You continue to walk in that covenant. You continue to walk in that oath. You continue to praise him. You continue to serve him. You continue to confess that he's still the high priest of our confession. This body shall follow the confession of your mouth according to the words of God. Amen. God will fulfill his word because he cannot change his word. If you take the word of God and bring it back to him, God, you say this. You say this in your word. If you say that if I repent, I shall be baptized, that's your word. If you say, Lord, if I humble myself, you shall lift me up, that's your word. If you say, Father, Lord, that me and my family shall be saved, that's your word. It's not my word, that's your word. If you say, you say that you are my healer, that's your word. God, that's your oath. That, you cannot change it. And God will look at his own words and say, Amen, I believe my own word. I believe my own word for the creation of the world. I will believe my own word when it comes from your mouth because that's my own word. And I will honor it. Amen. Amen. Faithful one, so unchanging. Oh, faithful one, so unchanging. Ageless one. You're my rock of peace. Lord Let's stand together. Of all, I, I depend on you. I call out to you. I call on to you again and again. I call out to you again and again. Yeah. 